Hello and welcome to the It's Not That Simple podcast with me, Edward. On this episode, I want to talk about electric vehicles in the context of one of the bigger news stories this week. So, towards the end of this week, it was announced that Ford Motor Company had invested half a billion dollars in Rivian Automotive, the makers of the Rivian R1T pickup truck and the R1S uh, SUV or pickup truck with a closed back, really. Um, And the inference of most of the press releases was that uh, there was going to be some form of tie-up between uh, Ford and Rivian to make electric trucks. Um, So... I mean, on the face of it, half a billion dollars is a lot of money. Rivian, at the moment, is kind of in the final concept stages, so I think they're taking deposits now, and they've got prices, and they've got specifications, so they look to be very close to coming to market officially. Um, But it's not an outright purchase of the company it's not a joint venture as far as i can gather it seems to be an investment in rivian um you know for the perspective amazon back in february invested in the region of 700 million so ford relative to uh, amazon is a minority investor um but they're the first autumn other automotive company to partner from everything I've read, the CEO of Rivian has no no intent of selling the company or selling the product to other people or licensing his product. He clearly wants to deliver the Rivian product, the R1T and the R1S himself, um, but he seems to be amenable to sharing his platform. This is a good move for Ford? Possibly. I mean, Ford obviously has the dominant uh, single brand position on pickup trucks and has done for years, for decades even. But how do you interpret this deal? I mean, is it a sign of intent that they want to leverage it? Do they want to offer a side product to the F-150 I mean if your flagship vehicle the F-150 is there wouldn't you want to electrify that but then are you giving up something by moving the F-150 onto a Rivian platform how similar are they I mean these are all questions that I think will start to crystallize over the few next few months as people start talking and thinking about how they partner up but it poses fundamental questions um, around EVs in general. The dominant design now is the the skateboard, whether you like that term or not, um, where you have a tray of batteries, effectively a motor at one or both ends or at the wheels, and um, it's just a flat plate that effectively forms the floor of the vehicle. And then you can bolt on different top hats. Um, you know, you could make anything into a car, an SUV-looking thing. Um, 
you can make it long make longer vehicles off it by just lengthening the frame you can up the battery capacity you can put in lots of batteries not many batteries it's relatively flexible let's be honest it's a very simple design and um i mean gm back in the early 2000s if not in 2000 had the first electric skateboard concept vehicle that i can remember so the idea has been around for nearly 20 years so nothing's revolutionary clearly tesla brought it to market in the highest volume um but i mean tesla started at 80 grand so they weren't cheap and uh now you have vw with its meb platform um saying that if they can get enough partners and they can get the volumes high enough they think they can deliver it at what appears to be nearly cost neutral to go for a to choose to uh, own a bev over a traditional uh, internal combustion powertrain uh maybe that's wishful thinking um and a bit of a leap looking net looking from today's perspective into the next sort of five years but over the next 15 20 years i think that's a reality and ultimately that's the reality that has to happen in order to for the mass market to shift to electric vehicles which brings you around to the question of the ford and rivian discussion which is a skateboard ultimately is a lot of investment to come up with but the rivian thing is a skateboard with motors at the wheels um producing a lot of power a lot of big batteries but it's a big platform um so is would ford be wise to invest in its own skateboard for a truck i mean what are its opportunities to differentiate or offer some form of advantage in effectively mimicking the investment of rivian uh i mean let's work this through for a second it's a metal frame call it steel you could make it out of aluminium whatever you want to choose however much you want to pay but it's a frame and a case for battery arrays the battery arrays are typically made by one of the few um, battery companies so the likes of sk innovations uh, lg chemical uh, catl in china toyota panasonic that tesla use the you know the the arrays within it and in some cases the case as well how much differentiation can you get i mean it's ultimately down to the battery supplier on what they deliver and you can maybe case them or set them up in different arrays for package but there's no real function that the customer will be willing to pay you for unless ultimately you can cram more battery capacity into the same space but at the moment that means more cost so it's on you're not really developing any advantage there um electric motors electric motors are relatively simple things and um how much competitive advantage is there tesla is always one of one of the main companies that always highlights look how fast this accelerates oh not 60 and 2.0 three seconds in ludicrous mode and so on but that's not a tesla thing that's uh the physics of electric motors they produce max torque at zero rpm 
and so its pull away is vastly superior to an internal combustion engine that needs a clutch to allow you to brake traction and get the vehicle moving before it hits its sort of torque band um, in the thousands of rpm depending on your fuel type um, so you effectively have a dead band at the start when you're trying to pull away it's physics it's not that they've come up with something different um, if anybody's ever owned an, a, a remote control car you know how quickly they accelerate it's been done for years for decades it's not a special thing so how much how much uh competitive advantage is there from developing your own motors especially in the mass market arena maybe if you're doing a pininfarina batista and you want to deliver 1900 horsepower maybe you have to come up with your own motor because nobody else is doing that for anyone else so but then actually you may need to ask a specialist because you can't develop the capability to make your own motors so it will be likely a bespoke motor from an existing manufacturer one of the central ones the people like bosch and so on so how much real advantage is there from that once you pick a layout so rivian have gone for the motors at four corners um approach because it's a off-road capable and high towing capability truck um tesla have gone for the motor at the back or the motor at both ends um depending on whether you want the all-wheel drive or the two-wheel drive um so where's your opportunity to do anything really um it's not in the skateboard it's in the um it's in the development of it's in the development of what goes on top, what you put in the interior, what feature set you have, how you deliver the power, how do you manage the drivability. Um, things of that nature are really where you differentiate as a product. So you are then faced with the dilemma of do you depend on someone else who ultimately you will always have a lead and a follow or a lead and support or a lead and non-lead party in any partnership so do you rely on the lead party so in this case rivian do you say yes we'll use your platform but then if rivian decide to do something you're on the back foot because you rely on them to do things do you do your own platform in which case you have full independence but you've effectively developed something that someone else has also developed um, and offers you no competitive advantage or advantage to your customer to make you it doesn't offer you a unique selling point or do you share platforms it all becomes a very complicated discussion in terms of ownership and control beyond the financial benefits potentially of sharing um, platforms i think back when VW announced that they wanted to share their electric vehicle platform, I haven't seen anyone coming out saying, yes, brilliant, let's have it. I think everybody's too busy developing their own thing and doesn't want to be de dependent on Volkswagen um, to deliver the core of their product. Um, and I think that's, that's what will be most interesting to me. In a deal such as the Rivian deal, you have the the dynamic that 
Ford is only a minority player, but the inference of all the press releases says that there will be some level of partnership, collaboration, whatever you want to call it. The complex situation in terms of Ford's own lineup, in terms of how a Rivian-based or Rivian-partnered or Rivian-derived vehicle would sit next to its market-leading pickup truck range. Um, also, how this Rivian electric platform would fit against any other electric platforms that you would assume someone like Ford is developing. Because if nobody's partnering with the likes of VW just yet, um, are there? Are you'd assume that everyone's working on their own platforms and electric vehicle platforms in case that there aren't any partnerships. So you have to manage this overlap because, again, if you have... The, each electric vehicle platform will have a range of sizes it can serve. So I see the Rivian platform being able to serve the trucks. So in Ford's lineup, things like the Expedition and the F-150, but probably not suited to anything smaller than that. So what do they do with their SUVs and their passenger cars? Um, but then if they do a passenger car one how big do they want to make that given that they've started exiting the uh, the small passenger car market in a lot of places or going down an affordable direction or splitting off things like their Mahindra deal um, to partner and sort of do joint vehicles in India rather than doing their own it's a very dynamic situation as things evolve and uh, things become clearer but generically it raises the question on electric vehicles how different do you honestly make them um, and how do you protect against creating vulnerabilities by over partnering or over reliance on others don't get me wrong, I think this Ford Rivian tie-up is a brilliant move um, because I don't think anybody would have expected it in recent times. There was GM's involvement was mooted and uh, clearly hasn't come to fruition, uh, at least yet. Um, and we'll see where everybody else goes no one's taken up vw's offer on the mev just yet as far as i can see apart from i believe a small company ego in germany seems to have sounded out some level of interest because they want to do something small um and a question for another day is when you look at something like the rivian does it offer a compelling enough reason for you to move over to an electrified vehicle, especially in a truck? If you're going off-roading in the desert, do you really want an electric vehicle? Because at least with a, a internal combustion engine, you can have long-range fuel tanks, you can have jerry cans full of fuel, but what do you do with an electric vehicle? You kind of, you need a point of no return program in your sat nav to say if you cross this line you can't get back to your starting point or something of that nature um 
because you're not going to find anywhere to charge a 150 kilowatt hour battery in the middle of the desert when you're camping somewhere so does it serve the needs of everyone and that's that's definitely a question for another day so with all these sort of moves this has been the biggest one and a very interesting move in terms of partnerships um i think this goes on top of other partnerships that have been going on so ford and vw honda and general motors daimler and bmw this has its own unique dynamic which i will be very interested and in see where it where it goes and how it develops So my question really to ponder moving forwards is Tesla's a lot further down the way. It sells a lot of cars now and it's got its full lineup, but it still struggles to make money. At what point do they consider partnering up with an established OEM or potentially being taken over and assimilated into a, a, another OEM or group? Tesla as a part of General Motors or as a part of FCA with their tie-up on CO2. Does that make sense? Because maybe that the Tesla platform can then serve other markets. You can do a smaller one where you can play on the appeal of, say, the Fiat 500, where you then make that electric. And obviously Fiat at Geneva showed their new Centoventi concept, which everybody believes to be the base of the next Panda that may be electric. So have they already designed their own platform? That means that they wouldn't be interested. Or is there freedom for them to say, actually, this is the best way to get to production is to partner with someone and use some shared technology and increased battery volume calls. So increased benefits of scale. For me, that's very it's an interesting thing. Elon Musk can only bankroll it to a certain point and his charm eventually has to run out um, with investors because as all the OEMs finally get on board and enter the fray, there'll be more compelling investment opportunities potentially away from Tesla to enter what seems to be the future of leading uh, electric vehicles. And you can only make losses for so long and at some point maybe musk focuses on spacex and the boring company and offloads um his share in in tesla maybe that's the way of the future because i think they're going to run in they already seem to be having teething troubles at least so what do you think do we think that these EV startups, which are now more than startups, they're starting to get into production with a bit more weight behind them. Do you think they last it out and they stand a stand next to the incumbent automotive manufacturers in the long term? Do they stand in the short term and the founders, owners, shareholders benefit from being absorbed by companies such as Ford and GM and VW? Um would that be a good thing? Would that be a bad thing? Um, have your say. Enter the discussion. Get in contact. Go to the website. Go on Twitter. 
go through Anchor. Um, there's plenty of ways to get in touch. I hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast. Just a little bit of airing my thoughts at the end of a week after seeing that news. Um, if there are any new topics you'd like discussed or uh, have a new perspective or potentially a different perspective, um, let me know. Um, don't forget to rate and comment on uh, your favorite podcast listening platform. That would help me out in terms of getting the word out and getting a bit more of an audience. Let's make this a conversation. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. This has been It's Not That Simple. Thank you very much. <laughs>